On this episode of The Playbook, I have Terry Igioma, and the two of us are going to talk about believing in yourself, even when all of those who love you doubt you. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. I'm so excited because I have someone that I've wanted to meet for a long time, Terry Igioma. She is the founder of Travel and Trade and Travel. Trade and Travel. And the reason, though, uh, Terry, I wanted you to have me on is that your perspective, uh, the way you see things, the meaning that you give it, is very similar to the way that I see things and the way and meaning that I give it. And that's in more of a quantum sense that I've kind of uh, escaped my perspective of what I was taught. And I use a true foundation of science and math in order to effectuate decisions with the man-made construct of the speed of light. Then I transcend that with the speed of thought, which I know moves so much quicker uh, than the speed of light. And so I know this conversation may be a little bit deeper than a lot of the (laughs) training travel conversations. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you obviously are an extraordinary academic. You know, MIT, you're like my siblings, right? This incredible academic. But you've combined that with an emotional intelligence as well, an idea of how energy moves and the science and math that you've learned in an academic uh, setting, you now are capable of transcoding or transitioning it into a pragmatic world, one where you can trade. And, and I know you've had over a million dollar day trading, yeah. uh, which is really exciting, uh, but also too in the travel sense of uh, experiential living. And in order to travel, I believe time is such a crucial component. Um, what role does time play for you in everything that you do? I was listening to um, one of your podcasts recently and you were talking about the, I think it was the 520 rule. (laughs) Yeah. And you were talking about how time could both eliminate the wrong people from your life and it could also like help you focus. And I think for me, time, so there's so many, there's so many facets of it. One, when we think about my quantum leap to success, like I've gone from trying to quit my job and just make $300 a day to replace my income as assistant principal to in three and a half years, being the number one creator at Teachable, making we're almost actually to three, 30 million in sales of the trade and travel course. My my trading account is in eight figures. Like that's a quantum leap for sure. Yeah. And then just thinking about like, even from like the trading perspective, like timing so important as a trader, knowing when to get in and out of a trade, knowing when to just do nothing. Like today, I sent a message to my my students. I was like, you know what guys? Waiting is a technique. Just waiting to see what happens. Because sometimes there there are times which is not a good time to trade. So all of those play a factor in in my success now. And that's so important to understand for me because I got into this realm, my spiritual realm of meditation. I'm a quantum healer, theta meditation, completely uh, like you in, in an entirely different world than being a sports agent. You know, and as you are in an entirely different world than being a sense of principle and where we were. But it really stems from uh, this understanding and awareness of when to buy or sell. That's what 
fired me up into meditation is I wanted nothing to do with it. I told Dr. Sangeeta Sahi, I'm not interested. You don't have time to meditate. I, I've made all this money myself, you know. And then she said, well, I can raise your awareness, your vibration, your frequency, and you can be more aware of that. I'm not really interested. And then she said, well, I can make you more aware of when to buy or sell or hold, right? And that turned me on and I went to and changed my life and learned how to meditate. Do you meditate yourself or what do you use in order to uh, take advantage of the thoughtfulness that doesn't exist in the speed of light, which is, by the way, everyone, uh, 100, over 186,000 miles per second is the speed of light. That's how we determine 24 hours of activity in a day. Thoughtfulness is what allows me to be aware. What allows you to be aware? Because without your awareness, you would not have an eight-figure account. You would not have 30 million uh, in your classes that yeah. you know on Teachables. You're an extremely aware, vibrationally person that, that I've ever met. You know what? So, and I actually, one of the questions I was going to ask you too is when you talk about plateauing to grow and like your reset at the end of the day, like I think that is so crucial. Being able to actually have some quiet time. For me, the time that I meditate is I recently moved to Puerto Rico and my window For is tax like, purposes? Yes, I'm going to tell you, yes. <laughs> I get Tell it. the truth. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place too, but yes, for Texas. Well, um, I was like, nobody leaves Texas for Puerto Rico for only one reason, because you're so rich. You got more tax issues than just living in Texas or Florida right? or Nevada, right? <laughs> that part. I pay, I pay the weather tax. I live here. See, but this you is beautiful. That. Exactly. I'm okay playing the weather tax. I need to learn that. Like, these are the games. <laughs> like, how do you not live in Puerto Rico and still do well? That's the question. Exactly. Um, but I'm now by the water and I can listen to the waves. And so that's been my meditation. Like, mm. daily when I wake up, I take some time to just do gratitude. And, like, um, I talked to a, um, a massage therapist. And she was like, let the waves tell you when to breathe in and when to breathe out. So as they come in, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, and then I'm just saying all the things I'm grateful for, and that helps me reset. I love that. I, I was told that the, because I have a house on the on the beach here in San Diego, right on the water, and uh, this wise old person that's always walking the boardwalk said, can you hear the earth breathing? And I was like, huh? And he's like, right there, the earth's breathing. It's so interesting that, you know, your that. massage therapy tells, therapist told you, to listen to the waves because it is it's the earth breathing back and forth and you know one of the other interesting things is about pursuing our potential and a lot of times we don't have the perspective of what we already are you know especially growing up like you did i had a single mom yeah. uh, a lot of limitations fear other, other things were put onto me because there's a i call it an arrogant ignorance that parents when they love their children put onto us because they're protecting us. And so they think they know what's best for us because they don't want us to uh, get hurt. So they give us, you know, stable uh, aspirations yes. that are like crumbs. Um, and they don't mean to do it. They don't mean to feed us crumbs, uh, but you know, they, they'll feed us food, no problem, especially those single moms, right? They're amazing cooks and they'll go, you know, they'll starve to feed you something great. But when it comes to, any type of career aspirations, I feel that a lot of single moms, because they have ignorant arrogance, they care so much about us that they don't give us good advice and they give us crumbs. Yeah. Uh, and they want us to be principals or doctors or lawyers or engineers. And they would freak out if you were gonna be the, 
<laughs> trade and travel girl. Oh my god! So you, you are like literally speaking my story because my mom is here. Yeah, right. Um, she should be in here with me. Right. <laughs> she would be like, David, how did you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, she did not want me to quit from being an assistant principal because of the insurance. Yeah. She was like, but where are you going to get insurance from? And I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today if I had stayed just for the insurance. But that was the mindset. And then even as I was building my business, the thought was, well, you could go be a substitute teacher. You have that skill set. And every day she talked to me about going back and getting a job or being a substitute while I was trying to build out the course business and trying to trade. And then when I did say, "Okay, I'm going to travel the world, mommy, and I'm just going to afford it from trading. Oh, she was the most afraid person in the world. One, she was afraid of the travel and I was traveling by myself. So I think that put extra fear and pressure on me. But I'm, I'm definitely a God girl. God told me to go and I've got to go and do what he said to do. And now it's turned into this, this huge new empire. It, it's so interesting. I'm going to try to get through this without tearing up because I care so much about my mom as well. And I, I always call it, it's the haters and lovers syndrome uh, that the haters are going to tell you you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's the lovers as well that are going to tell you you can't do it. And it's so difficult because I care so much about my mom. And I know that you said something that just choked me up. You said, I, you know, I wouldn't be here, but right. And the uh, quandary that I have is I would not be here, but for my mom. Yeah. But I'm here because I listened to her. That part is like, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have her. Like my mom, we we didn't have much at all. Like she would share a happy meal with me and that was our reward. And she would like give me the fries. I gotta stop you there because I dropped my tears. Six kids, single mom, five boys and a girl. And when I became a millionaire nine months out of law school, even though my mom told me that the internet was a fad and I'd never make any money not being a real lawyer, uh, I... The most exciting thing to me is my mom would buy two large French fries and all six kids would get to split them. Mm. I get choked up because I, for me, I, um, I still have that perspective when I sit down for a meal, like I never lost it. So I get to eat all over the world, right? I'm not missing any meals. Look at this body. Uh, but I have so much gratitude when I sit down to a meal. Because I know how excited, I can see it on your face. Super excited when you got to share the Happy Meal. Yeah. I still go through once a month and buy a Happy Meal because of the mindset part of it. Right? I buy it for myself. Um, So it means a lot to me that you say that. How do do you serve people that are still in that position now? I know you you do. Sure. But just. So I want to be a celebrant, right? My goal is to elevate others, to elevate others. So it goes beyond just selling to people, it's selling through them. And when I say selling to or through, it's with inspired ideas uh, to expand three things, an open mind, an open heart, and open hands. Open hands are hands that not only give, because most people that are uh, struggling have no problem giving, but they have problem receiving. They live in blame, shame, justification. They live in a world of scarcity. They're afraid to ask for help because they have a diminished capacity of self-worth. They don't know that they're happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy, and they really should be focusing in on what they're doing to interfere with what they already have. Mm-hmm. You know, the other aspect is a reminder, and you, you'll get this. My whole perspective shifted when someone said, do you know how much you love your children? And I said, yeah. Do you know what you would do for your children? Yeah. Do you know how much your mom loves you? Yeah. Do you know what your mom would do for you? Yeah. 
Now, do you know everything? No. Does your mom know everything? No. Right? Is she all-knowing, all-powerful, and everything, an abundant world? No. Well, there is a source that knows everything, that is all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing. The cool thing is that source, whatever you call it, God, Jesus, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, Buddha, I don't care, feels the same way about you that either you feel about your children or your mom feels about you. Imagine that. And when I was told that, when you talk about how do I talk to the people that aren't there yet, that's the first thing I remind them. I let them recollect and remember. Those three words, remind, Mm -hmm. remember, and recollect with what? With the source that loves them as much as their mamas, but that, that source knows so much more and is so much more powerful. That alone gives the catalyst of inspiration to want to enjoy the consistent persistent that allows for the segmentation and believe you said the reason that you're successful is that you listen to god source Mm -hmm. and so for when things weren't happening as fast and even the people who loved us the lovers and the haters were all over us going go be a substitute teacher when they were telling me go back to practicing law go right this isn't going to work for you right when the universe it's God to remind me, remember, recollect that time is a man-made construct. It's based off the time that the light leaves the sun and en- enters the earth. That has nothing to do with me. It doesn't. Right? It has nothing to do with what I can or can't do because I live between limitlessness and infinity because I'm connected to and through the greatest source of light, love, and lessons at all times. And they are all powerful, all knowing. And I know everyone else is doing their best. I just have to help them see that. Right. Oh my gosh. So as you were talking, there's this story in the Bible. And and like you said, whatever you believe in, I I think Bible stories are still important. Me too. And I love listening to Joe Osteen, another Houston guy. Yeah. I love his stories. See, and TD Jakes from Dallas, best storytellers ever, right? And greatest lessons, right? All applicable. Right. So there's this one where, um, this is in the the Newer Testament, Jesus, Jesus had talked to a centurion and the centurion wanted to heal his daughter. Do you remember this story? Yeah, of course. And he can't, comes to Jesus and Jesus is like, um, or no, he asked Jesus to heal the daughter and Jesus says, well, I can come with you to see your daughter. And he's like, no, I know that you can actually speak things into existence. I know you can just say a word and my daughter will be healed. And Jesus is like, this is, this guy has the biggest faith I have ever seen. And I, I always looked at that story and I was like, what made him have the biggest faith of all the people in the Bible? Like this guy has the biggest faith. Yeah. But then when we talk about like the way you think and your mindset, what I had to realize is by him saying that God could heal his daughter in a different city. That means that one, he believed that Jesus was one all powerful, omnipotent, because he could actually speak to molecules and heal them right? Then he also believed that Jesus was omniscient. He could be anywhere because if you can be here and also heal my daughter in, you know, I'm in California, heal my daughter in Texas, you're omniscient. You can be, I mean, omnipresent. You can be anywhere. But then to be able to know what the daughter had, the guy asked, heal my daughter, but Jesus had to know what it was that needed to be healed. Now you're omniscient, you know everything. So this guy, just by asking that one question, really was saying, I know that you're um, you're all powerful. I know that you're all knowing. I know that you're all present. And who, who can do that? I know you're God. 
right? Just by that one question. And I think sometimes we don't realize that what we ask for and how we move is showing how, how big we can think and how big we believe God is. So I, I totally believe that. I, uh, to put that down into a pragmatic, you know, I know one of your gifts is the same thing, which is why on Teachables you do so well. But to put that into the sense, I call that uh, faith, the GPS of life, but it's the mm -hmm. ultimate GPS. See, a GPS, if you get off at the wrong exit, is going to reroute you. But the ultimate GPS of faith, which is an object of energy that we put into the flow, just like it's a currency. Faith is a currency, just like money is a currency, but it's only useful at this pragmatic realm. Mm -hmm. The thoughtful realm, uh, faith is your currency, right? Like you said, what you think, say, do, believe, all are manifesting itself in your personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions, sending out a frequency to create the coincidences we want in our life because it guides our attention and our intention, which is what creates those coincidences. But faith is an ultimate GPS, meaning that not only when we get off at the wrong exit or have a flat tire or end up at the donut shop instead of the gym, when we have struggles, pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes in our lives, God is the ultimate, faith is the ultimate GPS because not only will it reroute us, but it will tell us, you know what? You don't want to go to that place. I got a better place for you. And the way that, that faith shows us that is the same way that we learned when we were children. Pain, setbacks, mistakes, failures, etc. Just like a child and its parent, right? I always use a parent analogy to Jesus and God, et cetera, because yeah. they're omniscient, all-powerful, and all-knowing, and they care about me as much as I care about my children or my mom cares about me. But when I went to go put my hand in fire, my mom slapped my hand, and it hurt. Did she slap it hard? Not that hard. Okay. <laughs> I got to show my mom. My, my wife says, just so you know, as a, a side point, my wife says my biggest problem is my mom never hit me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I digress. But think about it. When we go reach to put our hands into fires analogously, right? What does God do? Struggle, pain, mistake, failure, setback. Yep. Not to punish us. What My mom didn't hit me yeah. to punish me. My mom, that, that's what my wife was saying. She should have, but she never did. She hit me to propel me to something better, to protect me. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of times we have to, the only way to learn or to raise our awareness to that is to provide a setback, a failure, a mistake, to say, hey, and instead of resisting it, that's when I say pain is an indicator. It's not a stop sign. It's not telling you to stop. It's telling you, hey, I got a better place for you to be. I'm the ultimate GPS. I'm faith. I'm going to show you your higher self, your higher self. I, you know, I don't care whether you believe in Jesus or not. Uh, I grew up, you know, in a different faith that didn't believe it, but I believe in Jesus. And I more importantly believe in everyone on earth should walk like Jesus to their higher self, their potential to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of their potential. Now, you're the creator of the year. You're hyper successful in what you do in all levels as a teacher and executing, right? What I love about you most in, in a business sense is I have a saying, right? The A and B students teach the world. The C students run it. Somehow you're a, you're a student who teaches the world and runs it. So you're an ultimate badass in my opinion. And I love it because it's a hard analogy. Um, there's not many, you know, a lot of dropouts from high school there's a lot of those guys, they run the world, you know, the Gary V's of the world and, and that stuff. But 
I, I love seeing the hyper academic superstar, the teachers of the world like you running the world as well. Um, what Thank do you, you think so it is that allows that is as a, a last question, what is it that allows that unique combination of being someone that can actually not just teach it, right? But you can run it. You know what? I think it's actually what you said before, a little bit of I tried some things and then God would slap my hand and move me in a different direction. <laughs> I think I've gone, I've had so many careers and now they've stacked on top of each other in terms of skills that all are helping me now. So for example, I went to MIT, I interned on Wall Street, I learned the numbers. The economy and economics classes that I took and probability classes are what makes my mind think as a trader. But then I took this other direction, I started working in nonprofits and education and ministry, and I learned how to teach. I learned from, I worked for Teacher America and was teaching teachers and in ministry. I actually was a, a pastor. <laughs> I don't that's know if you awesome. knew that, no, but for middle awesome. school kids. And it's like, well, how do you break down the Bible to middle schoolers and make them interested, right? <laughs> yeah, good so luck. So that's a skill set by <laughs> Without itself. Without an app. <laughs> right. And without them like sending notes to each other and liking each other and kissing under the bleachers, you know, like, how do you do that? And then from running a school, when I was assistant principal, we started that school from ground up. So everything from budget to food to how do we like what kind of tables do we want to put in the classroom? I chose even the desk and the paint colors. The operations of that is now what's helping me operate this company as a as a CEO level. Right. So all these skill sets are compounded to what I'm doing now. But in the moment, it felt so hard. Like I remember I was part of a ministry and it just felt like every day I was running into hard things with my boss, it, whether it was, you know, Terry, you're not good enough or you're not thinking through this right or you didn't talk to your your staff right. Just it just kept being hard. And I remember asking God, like, why? what happened? Like I was she loved me and then all of a sudden she hated me. What happened? And what I found out was he's like, I needed to close that door. I needed to make it hard because if you if I didn't make it hard, you wouldn't have left. And so now I now I realize all of those things were teaching me and training me so that I could be really good at what I'm doing now. I can be a teacher, I can be a businesswoman, and I also care. Like I remember what it felt like to lose as an investor. I've been trading 11 years. And the first six years, I kept failing. Yeah. And I, I kept trying though, because I knew that it could work, but I just didn't know what I was doing wrong. And then I started taking classes and getting better and then putting it with my expertise because failures give you expertise. Like you learn every time. So I think that piece, I still remember what it was like to fail. I remember all the struggles I went through in corporate and nonprofits. And now I just have a compassion, but also some skill sets that are really helping me. Yeah, it was funny when I lost over $100 million, you know, 33 homes, golf course, ski mountain, all the things that I had. I could buy whatever I ever wanted and ended up, thank goodness, still married with three girls under 10, but in a rented house with rented furniture and a single car. And my wife's like, what are you smiling about? I said, because I got a better place to be. Mm. So you got a better place to be. Yeah. So, did you know that in the moment or did it just feel hard? You know, that time around, I knew it in the moment. All the other failure setbacks. It took two years before I didn't know it. That's when my wife awakened me and told me that uh, I had a better place to be, that I better take stock in who I was and what I want to become or else I was going to end up in a place that I didn't want to be. And she didn't meant financially. She probably meant up dead because I was living my life outside of the values that I had learned, the mm -hmm. things I had been taught the gratitude that I have, the forgiveness that I live by, the accountability that controls my life. And of course, the 
inspiration of knowing that I'm connected to and through the greatest source of light, love, and lessons that I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy at all times. I just got to figure out what I do to interfere with it. Yeah. And that's why you're such an expert. You are a mentor. You're sharing your experience with so many people. You're a coach. You're bringing out the best in everyone else. But even furthermore, something that's unique is that you're an excellent teacher, somebody that can explain it so that an eighth grader whose hormones are way out of control and their phones are attached permanently to their hands can even understand it. So thank you for being such an extraordinary mentor, coach, and teacher. You are a blessing to this universe, and uh, I've been blessed to share this time with you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're awesome. Bye. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.